Nerdphonic, the only show on the web where you can listen to two brothers torture their out-of-touch father with modern music. Every week, the brothers Rosilio pick out a new parenthetical-ish parenthetical release on their radar and submit it for approval to their dear old, their dear old pops, himself a massive music fan. Will he love it? Will he hate it? Will his ears someday resign in protest? That's what the show is all about. I'm Tommy Rosilio. And I'm Jimmy Rosilio. And I'm Anthony Rosilio. Glad to be here with my brood. And boy, <laughs> I thought we may, we may take this opportunity in this album really as a sort of end-of-year retrospective. And what I like to think about end-of-year retrospective <laughs> is I think of the following things. I think it's a time to put a very concise list of your enemies and then plot your revenge for the next year. Do you ever make voodoo dolls? No, but I pins no, but I'm 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 going to have a very concise enemy list oh. and really just sort of focus in on those enemies for 2021. Is but it if, like a top ten, top five? A top ten, but if if you want, uh, we won't have to go over that today. We can talk about that elsewhere. So okay. when you say brood, now we just sound like a swarm of insects that are like hosted within your house somewhere, but you don't know where until you stumble on it one day. Like, wow, that's a big brood. And you're like, oh, wow, they're all stinging me. They're in my mouth and in my eyes. Yeah, there's a big brood. No, no, no. Brood, you know, like if you got to think of another term, uh, you know, I've got to think of a new term each week or maybe I'll I'll change myself. We're four, we're four weeks in. Hey, how about a big, uh, before we forget... How about a good shout out to my wife, your mom, for getting us Father Phonic t-shirts. Uh, when the Twitch of this comes out, I'm sure we'll show everyone those t-shirts. Yeah, we'll stream a, a whole t-shirt live reveal. But um, you don't get any. None for you. Who? Who? The, the listener. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we have to get maybe, one away. Maybe we open a merchandise store. Yeah, know? we'll sell 11. It'll be wonderful. Maybe we'll sell 12. Maybe five. Maybe if we, <laughs> if we price them at, at 12 cents, we'll maybe sell half of one. Right. <laughs> no. By the way, what day do you think you'll start calling us your children on this podcast? Um, when will that term finally emerge? The only apt one. Um. You know, I'm going to give it a few more. What about uh, sons? Is sons? Yeah. <laughs> That one too. That sounds so oh, far. Be pretty good. That sounds so foreign to me, but yes, I will do that also. Anyway, enough, enough, enough uh, prattling on. Yeah, prattling on. Let's. Uh, so, what are we? What are we talking about today? We are talking about the album "Ultimate Success Today" by Protomart Martyr, released by Dominic Recordings, Domino Recordings. Dominic too. Yeah, Dominic's a good friend. That's all. <laughs> um, the noise rock group's fifth release sought to bring a lighter mood to the darker tones they usually work with. Of course, it never is sunshine and rainbows with this group either way. And so I'm gonna sh to immediately throw it to Tommy. Jimmy, I like the I like the intro this time. It was very professional and very descriptive. I will say, what was my opinion on this album? Don't you usually let me go first? Yeah, that's true. Dad um, is more important than both of us in his old so, age. Early on, I felt Clash or like Interpol or some mid uh, post-punk era group. Right now, I'm reading this uh, somewhat famous book, Rip It Up and Start Again. And I felt this album, which is about the whole 1978-84 post-punk time, I felt like it sort of fit in that mood. So that was in my mind. It's a bit heavier than something I usually listen to or would have listened to back in the day. And when you said post-punk, I was worried it would sound like modest, it would sound like modest mouse. And I was like, oh, geez, <laughs> I do not. They're not even post-punk. They're post-punk, aren't post they? Mouse? No, they're not like really. straight up indie rock. They're like the definition of indie rock, really. Well, 
Bob's your uncle because that's what I thought. Anyway. <laughs> no, dad, dad, you know what happened? Dad saw that Johnny Marr played with him on a record, right? And he was like, oh, you know, it must be a great fit. Yeah, but I don't like, anytime you guys play Modest Mouse, I don't like it. But enough on Modest Mouse. You know, I don't like that because it's not melodic enough. But for this, I I liked it because I felt that Clash or Interpol, it's got a bit of a sameness to it. And it's not a cohesiveness, but, you know, some of the, a lot of the track formats are like, there's the heavy guitars. Now, I like feedbackish guitars. These are just heavier guitars. In the whole vocals, I, I have no idea where what planet these guys are from right are they from earth or are they from somewhere else are they are they british or are they english because i were uh, british or english what do you what thing. do you guess i would guess they're british but no no stop i would guess they're from ohio but they're trying to sound like they're and i have not looked up one thing i guess they're from ohio but they sound like they're British because everyone wants to sound like they're British in these records you got very close you got within the region of the u.s uh, they're from Michigan. Wow, I, that was actually my next guess. Like, I have no clue, and no one, no one knows that. I could be looking at Wikipedia. All of our many, many thousands of podcast listeners could think I'm full of it, but really, I, they had that feel of like, yes, they sound like they're from like the Midwest and trying to sound like they're very British. The guitars, you know, like I said, had a heavier sound, sort of a sludgier sound and some of the stuff I'm used to. The horns were interesting. That's those sort of flourishes that showed up out of nowhere. And a lot of the songs had that sort of percussive, that, that, mil- that percussive military beat thing to it. That sort of, that sort of drove the songs forward. Um, like I said, there were some sort of songs that were a little more mellow. Then all of a sudden, like the guitar burst, the, there's like a burst of guitar just, just wildly sort of flailing. I would say I, I, would say I like the album. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about more about the individual tracks. Would it be something I would have just picked off the shelf and listened to? Probably not, but I get it. But I think even back then in those post-punk days of the early 80s, I don't know if I would have said, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to this album. It's, 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 a little, it's a little heavy to me. And every mm. album sounds like, every song, a lot of the songs, it's funny. It's sort of, a, there's, there's some, when Jimmy said that at the beginning, there's some dark, there's some dark themes on here, right? Like the, all the, the themes on this album seem dark. Like what this. Yeah, I could barely about. see them at all. Yes, <laughs> that dark. It's one of those things where it's it's darker, maybe a little heavier than I would listen to. I liked it. You know, I don't want to say that again, but I'll I'll throw it to you guys and, and you give your thoughts. Yeah. So actually, I was familiar with this group before we Not had sat familiar. down to listen to them, and I was a you know a moderate fan of their last album, um, Relatives in Descent. I thought that was a pretty good noise rock release, though it sort of had its own shortcomings in that it just went through a lot of typical noise rock cliches every once in a while. Um, you know, like the typical like build to a giant explosion at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh huh. So I was hoping on this one they would kind of, you know, evolve past that a bit, and they and they did, and at the same time they kind of didn't. I feel like in trying to expand their sound with all these different um, flourishes and uh, new instruments in the background, they kind of cut themselves at the knee. It didn't really feel special or like a unique sound I hadn't heard before. You know, like you were saying, the the singer Joe Casey is his name. We'll probably refer back to him a few times. His his vocals kind of just sounded dispassionate this time around. Like, 
like typical post-punk vocals. But um, isn't that what they're going for? Like, yeah, no, I understand that it's kind of like what they're going for at this point, but it, it felt cliche and he didn't, and you know what? I wouldn't have minded that as much if it hadn't been for the fact that he didn't sound like he had energy on a lot of these songs. Um, but isn't that what he, go ahead. <laughs> isn't that what he was going for? Oh man, I will show you what for. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, um, but that's kind of what this whole album was to me. It felt like kind of going through the motions, not of like the band sound necessarily, because like I said, they switched it up, but like just of post-punk sounds in general. And then a major issue I had with this album is that on past records, uh, and I don't want to just like keep comparing this to like older music they made, because they're obviously trying to do something new. Uh, mm-hmm. But on past records, they had just such a better sense of, like building suspense and dread and tension with these elongated song structures. But here it just felt like their trade-off was repeating the same musical ideas over and over and over until you got bored or whatever. And not to say like, I didn't like this album. Um, the first half I was like, just okay with. And the second half was like, okay, there's some decent stuff here. So yeah, overall, not loving it, um, not really liking it that much, um, but not not hating it either. And there's some there's some pretty solid stuff. I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. I thought it was okay to good, but I read the interview they had on Apple Music, the frontman, where he says that he wanted the album to be like jazz, where it has no real lead part, and he pulls this off. I feel they pull it off. But it's a double-edged sword, I thought. Because at times the songs feel, they feel like nondescript. Mm-hmm. But they do often reach a crescendo where each aspect, is, where like every aspect in the song is exciting. Um, yeah, it was a mixed bag. But over the week, you were quoting some songs to me. Um, while even like this past, the last one, after you guys quoted some lyrics to me, no lyrics really stuck with me honestly and that's about it nothing really there were good moments but nothing really really stuck for me yeah i I don't know it's something about it where it was it's not one of those things where you don't know you're playing it but it's just a bit you know i I have no idea it's just a bit of like it's all it's all in the same key (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i don't know I, i don't know I'm, and I have no, I've never heard these guys before. I didn't even know how to spell proto martyr before we got on this podcast today. But that's illiterate. That's his <laughs> But it does. There's there is something I didn't know they had progressed. I was like, oh, I still hear these flourishes, but I, I, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say more later. I'm sorry, Jim. Go ahead. No, I I was gonna agree with you because as I was listening to it, I often found it hard to focus on the album. Yeah, honestly. However, there are moments in each yes. song that do capture you and do yes. remind you, hey, you are listening to us. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I am. Yeah. So not all hope is lost. And I, I, I don't want to I don't want to like come in here with like a generalized insult. But something I was thinking every time I re-listened to it was post-punk wallpaper. Like yeah. it's just there in the background and it's not insulting. It's not bad, but it's not, you know, innovating or doing much you know, that's interesting, really. So that, see, I haven't, you guys, you know, you guys sit there, you're all hip with your berets and your cigarettes and your scarves, but I don't listen. What's that? Turtlenecks. And your turtlenecks on. So I don't listen to a lot of these albums, but I was also thinking, 
is this postponed by the numbers? What you're saying is like wallpaper. It sounded to me like, oh, there's probably a lot of albums like this. Or on the same token, I was like, I said to myself, oh, they're still making these type of albums 30 yes. years later. Like, you know, they were making these albums on Matador Records in the 90s and whatever else in the 80s. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's it's good you mentioned that because this is something we should get into is the fact that every 10 years or so, there's a new wave of post-punk that's doing something not necessarily new, but like a different take on the sounds from the initial wave in the late 70s and 80s. And of course, like everybody thinks about like the early 2000s bands like The Strokes and White Stripes and Interpol, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, but they they don't really sound that much like past post-punk bands, except for Interpol a bit. But yeah, now we're sort of in another big wave of that uh, from mm -hmm. the early 2010s. Bands like you know, Idols, Parquet Courts, Fontaine's DC are a pretty big one right now. Um, are you slurping a drink? No. Sir? Nope. nope not on not this me. podcast. Nope, not me. I'm exposing you. Hmm. Yeah, anyway, like, most of them are trying to not do what the last wave did uh, and actually go back to the older sounds um, pretty heavily. So, like, there's the band, a band like Ott, which sounds a lot like The Fall. There's a band like... Um, parquet courts which is like kind of like talking heads ass yeah. with wire and gang of four and minutemen influences so who would you say these who if you guys draw upon um jimmy from being in the way 80s prom and tommy for uh being at college for two years who who is who do these guys who would you compare them to in some of those time frames jimmy for you in the la like if you're saying hey if i listen to something from the 80s when you want your big kick of listening to stuff honestly when I first listened to this, the first band that I thought of was a recent one, more than like, okay. like another one that was part of this type of wave. It's Tropical F Storm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I'm going to reference that. Because I, I spoke to well, you about it. Well, you said it. it, but I, I was like, I'm probably going to get them on that. Because <laughs> I told yes, you about it. Yes, I know. It. <laughs> Will that count? You can have it count. Okay. For those who are just joining now, we have this thing where we try to guess what the other person is going to say or compare it to what descriptors they're going to use um, because, you know, we grew up each other and we know each other's taste and what, you know, phrases we use and reuse so well. So we just keep like a running tally of what guesses we can get right to see who, who knows each other the best. But when I think of like what I did for Awesome 80s, I usually... Just because it so reminded me of the current wave we were in, I didn't even think about okay. that stuff. Really. Tell our audience what Awesome 80s is. Oh, yeah. I was in a show in high school my senior year where it was an interactive show where we put on a prom for people to buy, to, to buy tickets for and attend. And we had to be in character the whole time because everybody was interacting with the audience, all that stuff. So to prepare for your characters... It was suggested that you listened to and watched movies and music that your character would like and know generally about the more everybody had to know about the popular culture ones. I was a punk in it, so I did. I listened to like I don't know how many albums, but like I probably got up to like thirty or so. Out of everyone in this show, which is a large cast, Jimmy took it very serious. I was maybe the only person who really went out and listened to albums. <laughs> yeah, and who, 
And what was the name of your character, Jay Mascus, or what it was, was his name? Bashman Scalco. It was Thurston Caruso. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> yes, that's right. Of course, Thurston Moore. Sounds like a character name on Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it was a dumb name, but I had the choice. To answer your question, I would say um, it reminded me of like one modern band, and one older band. This band called Ice Age. Uh, they're sort of like a a, blue, a punk blues band from you know a few years ago. They they've released some good stuff. They're part of this current wave as well. They're contemporaries. But I I listened to them I think before I listened to Proto Martyr. So and then you know the vocals reminded me a lot of Nick Cave, um and his work with the Birthday Party, and then some of the some of the guitar stuff um, from their first album. Not their first album. Sorry, Relatives and Descent reminded me of like Sonic Youth. Uh, upon re-listening to Relatives, it, it, it wasn't as similar as I recalled. But yeah, should we talk about specific tracks now? Let's talk or... about some tracks. Should we just start with the first track? Sure. Let's talk about Day Without End. Okay. I thought it was a very good start to the album. Yes. I like this track a lot. It's just a, con- a continuous increase in tension. It always ramps up. It's always shifting upward in that. And I thought that resonated with me and it never really felt monotonous. It just always felt like it was just, sorry, they can't see what I just did. Yeah. Jimmy so, gestured with his hands, hands like forward, you know. It just always felt like it was a gear, like it was always just shifting up a gear with like a, a, with like a chunk upwards. And I really liked that. Yeah, there's like a, a really pensive buildup with the hi-hats and then like the trumpets and the bass line sort of sync up, uh, sort of repeating like the same motif over and over again while he is like, um vitriol spitting spitting out phrases with vitriol uh over top of them which is um pretty cool but i feel like the build-up never got to the point where i wanted it to i'm not saying it should have exploded i think it's fine that it didn't explode but it, it never got nearly as intense as i wanted it to by the end it was more low-key than I, I personally would have liked it because the, because the song's like, what, three minutes long, four minutes long? And it, it, it spends like a lot of time getting to this point where it's not that intense. So, yeah, I didn't, it didn't work for me that well. Yeah, it's, it's, it has an ominous feel with, with sort of those disconcerting horns that, that sort of mm-hmm. pop up all over. There's some, you know, there's flourishes and then it just it just builds you know and builds and really i'm actually my thoughts sort of echoed jimmy's a little bit on this thing on on the same thing i'm just sort of taking that step forward and building and and, and mm-hmm. sort of moving in terms of what the track sounded like which i thought was interesting to me yeah yeah i like that he repeated short breaths and dull aches to like show how his pain just like continually grew and grew on top of everything like as with each short breath he took with each dull ache he had like it got worse and worse and worse so you definitely get like the lyrical feeling that like uh of dread that but you, you sorry it, he, he was saying that dull like i think he said dull aches never became sharp is something he said i think he said they did become sharp oh dull ache does turn sharp okay, okay. yeah so like yeah he's, he's saying that over and over again um he's saying dull ache turned sharp over and over again to emphasize yeah, it, it, how, how like these smaller pains in his life just slowly grow and grow on him over and over. So sort of what he's getting at here is what he's going to expand on throughout the rest of the album is like how empty his life feels under, you know, late stage capitalism. Dad, as a capitalist, what do you think? 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm sort of pro-capitalist. I know you guys are a bunch of uh, little socialists, but Dad's definitely a capitalist here. So carry um, on. Uh, wow. <laughs> Not to make it the profound insights, the, the Randian insights. <laughs> Don't say that. Was there someone going to talk anymore on this? Yeah, track? do you have anything else to say about it? I was just going to straighten out where we stand on 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 socialism and capitalism in this group. Say Tommy's the most socialist. <laughs> um, I'm I'm in the middle and Dad's Dad's dad, King Cash. Dad's Dad's lived in the system. Is that He's, really what you think I believe? Yes. Alright, I'll let you keep thinking that, buddy. <laughs> um, are, you, are you are you I wouldn't call myself a socialist no. Really? You seem to be. No. Okay. <laughs> you seem to be. You're my favorite socialist. That's our next show. There's nothing wrong with it. Not there's anything wrong with it. I'm actually a tanky. No, that's not true. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a Leninist. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Maoist. I like. I, I like getting out the tanks. Uh, no, but I, I would not call myself a socialist. Sidetrack. Let's. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty forlorn sounding track, but it just never really filled me with the dread that it should have. Yeah. Processed by the boys. Speaking of filling you with the dread, uh, processed by the boys is is prob is my favorite track on here. It's got a heavier clash feel and when i hear him say fill out the form download the app and submit your face into the scanner it reminds me like wait a minute this is a new record and it's not from 1981 uh it has it has a military beat sort of cadence that builds from it and it's a it's a pretty you know it's a dark song in it in terms of the lyrics and what it's talking about you could almost take it as a little bit of a, it's giving you thumbnail of what's going on in today's world, meaning 2020, because he says a foreign disease washed upon the beach. In another place, he mentions uh, against belief, a riot in the streets, all good laid low by outside evil. You're like, oh, this is, is this speaking about what's going on in 2020? Um, it, it, like I said, his voice and the tone, you really do think it's like a very political clash type song i really like a lot of, uh this also i think had a this also had a horn flourish in it in this i really like the the chugging guitar along with the the military cadence and, and also his his phraseology and in some of his repeating of the term so this was this was my favorite track this was the one that I would say oh if i had to put together a mixtape of of all the stuff we listened to, but this like this would be the song I would I would use from this album. Not mm-hmm. just because it had a star on Apple Music either. It just happened to be that way. I just wanted. It only has a song. star because it was the lead single. Oh, was it the lead yeah. single? I don't know the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would agree with with uh, Anthony Rosilio. Um, <laughs> oh, was that his name? <laughs> Thank you, son. I never would have figured it out. <laughs> this is my favorite track. It, it, I didn't. As I said, the lyrics. I know they're a bit. They're a bit me. murky, right? Yeah, and that was because he didn't want anything to be the lead of it. So even the vocals kind of were just another instrument that was thrown in. I liked it because of its sound. It had two clear modes in it, I thought. One where the guitars are fast-paced and glossy. And honestly, when I heard it, I was like, this is almost kind of like a poppier style of tone to the guitar. And then... There's another where it's really droning and unnerving and just really, and very dissonant, of course. Um, I also said that this might be one of the only, if not one of like three songs on the album where it's really enthralling throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, interesting. Well, I have to say, I don't agree with either of you two. This is my least favorite song. Really? Least favorite. Yeah. I thought it was a total drag. Like, every time they played that, na, 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 I was like, I like that this end. And then they did that so much over and over and over. And it was just droning and pounding and me into the pavement. And I was like, please stop. I mean, I guess like it's catchy because like, I, I can recall it perfectly in my memory. But yeah, it didn't. Fill out the form, download the app that didn't catch you. <laughs> Man, I I uh, say they say I say I have I have opinions about the lyrics on here. You Half the time there's just like really obvious late stage capitalism bad and I'm annoying, and then the other half of the time they're like vaguely poetic but not really saying that much. And then sometimes when they cross over, it, it's actually pretty good. Like on uh, not to get that not to get ahead of ourselves, but on the song like um, Modern Business Hymns, I feel like that. Lyrics on that song are, are pretty amazing, but um, yeah, it just did not do much for me. I mean, it's the, the guitar is grittier, it's more you know slamming in this one, but it, it never really just did much for me. It was just felt like the most obvious like example of them like devolving into post punk cliche. And you know, I do get what you're saying about like the nothing having like the lead thing. I like I think this whole album has like a a wall of sound type uh, vibe mm -hmm. yeah. to it, uh, yes. where everything's sort of bleeding together. It never really just it grabbed me. I don't know. It, it felt like it felt like this was just the most obvious example of going through the numbers, and his vocals are just way too restrained. And and both the vocals and the song just sort of peter out by the end. Like it right. just kind of dies away. And I was like, okay, so what was the point of that? I I'm surprised that you said that this one was the most obviously post-punky to me it was this one was the most indie rocky on the um not the uh, the aphorist which like sort of had like the clean guitar tones yeah actually that song i little get a little jam i get a little jam in in, in uh i can hear that yeah in, oh, in, in the not, but not, good not for like the whole the whole song but like for the the as you said like the dun, 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 that reminded me of something that like um an alt rock not an indie rock group would have uh, maybe like the early 90s i don't know back when like post punk not post punk sorry indie rock was kind of emerging from noise rock maybe can't say i got that vibe at all from it you're wrong but that's okay okay <laughs> your opinion's wrong okay no the whole song wasn't that though but yeah it doesn't matter no it, no i'm not saying it like didn't switch it up at all but whenever it did switch it up i still felt like it was it, it didn't still didn't do much for me and it was repetitive and I, I felt like once i heard one guitar like i had heard it like at that like as much as i need to really okay do you guys have anything else to say about this no no you have anything to say for yourselves <laughs> no but yeah let's skip ahead in the album a bit so michigan hammers that was a good one yeah, you you, you want to yeah. Speak I think on it? It, I think this is where the album really sort of picked up for me, and of course it's like exactly at the halfway point. It's the most the most energetic track on the album, probably. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. It sort of has like this explosive, scratchy guitar riff that um like comes right out of the gate. The drumming is really cool too. Like I love like the the the, cl the clicking on the sides of the drums. Uh, I still didn't like the vocals here, but there's a lot of really good, really good atmospheric and serene parts um, where these strings come in uh, and create a really 
uh, like kind of beautiful and evocative like atmosphere, um, which is a good counterpoint to the darker lyrics. Uh, when they when they sort of get into this part, there is a really nice um, non scratchy guitar part that feels really big and and like solid and chunky. And I I uh, I like how they mix it up in the second time where they come back to the serene part. Uh, so yeah, what did you guys think? Go ahead, James. You go first this time. Honestly, Tommy, I think we have like completely. We have the same consensus on the album, but completely opposite. That's okay. Wow. Um, opposite reasons. Because um, around this part of the album is where I started to lose my attention. Really? Yeah. This is, But this is like the last song that, that really I could tell you how it sounded. Wow. <laughs> like one of the last... It's like this one is very fast-paced. It's very fun and groovy. Not fun, but you know. And it has really good lyricism, but as I said, it started to fade in the background around this time for me, so I don't have a ton to say. Um, again, I don't know what the song means, uh, but I like it. I like the vocal style of stretching out uh, the words and singing around the guitars. It makes it sort of infectious, so it is sort of upbeat. Really, you know, past that, I, I don't think I have a whole lot. I have a whole lot to say on this one. That, that's really. It's mm. sort of really about it. Well, I was reading up about this album, and apparently um, this song is sort of based on Casey's memories in Michigan not being like a worker's utopia, but a place where the working man was at least given lip service and had un- unions to bolster him. That's been degraded over time, in his words. So it's just about, like, you know, sort of exploitation of labor and then different things like that. It's like, it's essentially become slave labor uh, at this point. But yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you guys weren't as big on this one. This was, like, a clear highlight to me, honestly. I'm I'm so sad. I'm <laughs> You'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> like I said, the the low strings on this song are really nice. They have a nice bass, and the, the actual bass guitar goes into, like, higher register, which is, like, a, a cool, interesting change-up. Um, especially since like the guitars on this album are so low end heavy in general. So yeah, I like this. This one was like higher in general and it, it definitely turned the album around a bit for me. So I think we have tranquilizer next. Tranquilizer. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't really, you guys speak on tranquilizer. I can speak on modern business hymns. This song, I think this is going to continue to Tommy nice disagreement, (laughs) disagreement on the album. Because in my notes for this, I have Tranquilizer felt like many noise rock songs to me. Mm. Its format was one I'd heard before, down to the shouted, the shouted song title. It felt very formulaic. You didn't like that thick bass? The thick I mean, bass? it was nothing I hadn't heard before. Damn. I, I know it might have been thickly shade, but like at least it was something for me to grab onto, especially like just how chunky that bass was. And I mean like... That bass is chunky. Like, it, it sounds huge, man. Dad, what did you think before we get into this farther? You know, this one, I really don't have, I really don't have much on this wow. one. This is where I, this is a song I faded out on. And I, I listened to this song probably four or five, I listened to it like five times. And I really, I really don't have much on it. I, I don't know why. It's not like I faded out from the album. It, even though I faded in and out on the album, this song, I was like... Yeah, I I, Damn. I would I would like to say something, but I, I I don't have anything. Yeah, I feel like I feel like maybe for me the fact that the baseline repeats the whole time is earned by just how kind of bluesy it is. Like I feel like the other musical ideas they had were 
kind of sort of typical noise rock ones, but some something about this bass line just kind of repeating over and over again throughout the whole song. I didn't feel I didn't feel like it was too repetitive. I felt like it kind of carried you through it, and I liked the noise rock explosion a lot, even if it was a bit traditional. I mean, it sounds like you know a typical noise rock thing with like a nuclear bomb exploding um as he says the song title. as he says the sound a song title but yeah uh is it just me or on the verses does he sound a bit like kid rock because <laughs> kid you. rock is from michigan no no just like is? the way he sort of spits out like those two syllables over and over again michigan Harris. no tranquilizer tranquilizer i'm sorry no, not, not in the, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's, Jimmy, he's gone see me. It's, it's, it's over. We, this podcast made it four episodes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But I, I like the lyrics too. I mean, they really get into sort of the dangerous feeling of just wanting like a tranquilizer to relieve pain and how like addictive that can be is like a simple solution and how it can easily go wrong. I, I like that one a lot. Uh, even if you guys despise it to your core. No, I despise it. I, it just, I just don't have a lot on that one. Next track? Yeah. Um, Modern, Modern Business Yeah, Sims. Modern Business Hymns. I like, this was my second uh, favorite song on the album. I like the guitar riff and the lyrics are dark. And this is another song where I, where, you know, we're talking about the, about the working man, right? And there was also, it was nice to hear for the second time in the album, there was like uh, a female vocal sort of backup. This is so, this album feels so testosterone fused to me, infused to me. That's nice that there are some, there's a, there is a different vocal in here. There's a backup vocal, it, just like in, in the Apris, I think there's a female vocal. Uh, that's June 21st, you're thinking of. June 21st, I'm sorry. Yeah. But on this, uh, this song also, um, but I, I like this. This was, this was, um, this was, was catchy to me. Um, there's talk, you know, there's talk on the album about going on the song about going to Mars. It's like sort of almost science fiction-y in this. Um, I like this. I felt it was a little different. In like I said, hearing the female vocal on this one also sort of gives a little bit of a different touch. It's definitely one of my favorite. It was definitely one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, I would say it's one of my favorite tracks as well. It was pretty emotive. And I liked, I actually thought like, at one point there were strings but like listening back to it they were actually guitars like in the sort of wall of, of sound oh uh, those are guitars situation. I thought yeah i thought strings. yeah is it i thought that was pretty cool how they somewhat disguised it like that and uh it, it was pretty huge and there was like some really good singing from joe casey on this one yeah like he's he's a bit more melodic on this track um and you, while it's still low-key it's actually really gentle and, and nice and I, it, it pairs it pairs well with the lyrics which are talking about like how bad the poor have it compared to the rich and i like some of the stuff where he was talking about eating shit from the ground while the, the rich eat zebra mussels broiled in plankton or something like that stuff over the top comparisons uh contrasts like that i i, I tend to like in uh in, in uh, writing yeah i like this one a good bit too Ooh, we all one we all agreed on this is also one of my favorites on the album yeah I don't have anything to say that you guys haven't. <laughs> One of the chord progressions kind of reminded me a bit of like something off of David Bowie's Black Star. I don't remember which song in specific from Black Star, but it had the same sort of like uh, very hurried yet emotional feeling to it. What do you feel about the? How do you feel about the end part where they come back in? 
oh that last minute or so yeah yeah no i like that that sort of that mm. sort of switched up the song a little bit i had almost forgotten that about that for a second but you sort of think the song's over like oh wait a minute there's like a minute and three seconds left in the song so yeah i like that sort of that that change up. Mm -hmm. i i didn't i didn't really like that part actually no, it, no, kind of, it kind of felt like forced and like they were kind of slamming it in and i was like eh. i i get like what you're doing here like lyrically and thematically and that's that stuff is pretty necessary to, and like the, the narrative of the song but sonically speaking it like it like it it didn't feel like it uh fit in is what i'm trying to say oh yeah yeah and then um bridge and crown which i think i don't know if you guys wrote much about this one but i really like this song especially in the second half of it because um that's probably about as melodic as he gets in the vocals i've just always been captured by contrasting melodic melancholy vocals and bustling heavy guitars like that's that's my favorite like form of noise rock i actually thought he gets there more in War the last song warm in heaven which sort of sounds out relaxed and melodic and then there's like a guitar flourish i felt that more from that song but from then from this song but you know give me you go ahead T. i mean i don't have too much to say I, I like that it has a perverted waltz type beat which is pretty nice it's a good change of pace in the album there is a pretty good flow to the track listing like i feel like there is a narrative unfolding and this is a really good penultimate sort of track and i like that he's kind of being satirical of like the lack of health care in this country i feel like it's a much better way of portraying like how bad the healthcare situation is than when he what he says earlier on the album on the song the aphorist um, where he just says and no healthcare like when the, when he says and yeah, no healthcare he tosses that. it out yeah like that. that's a little uh, yeah that's a little like okay i get it yeah, yeah. i laughed i laughed out loud listen I heard that, yeah I like, i'm like oh, i said okay. i said oh dirty socialist I like, yeah I, like, I agree. <laughs> dad's like they should die in the streets uh no no, no. i just remember that like my favorite moment on this album is um when he sings the everybody knows that part in this song yeah no i like i, I like that because he does hit he does hit a little bit of a higher register there unlike some mm -hmm. of the other parts and the yeah. rest of it's a little i'm trying to think who the vocals remind me of exactly i mean i don't know not nick cave no he's more emotive than nick cave is just do me <laughs> there's a that's such a word but anyway Nick Cave does sound like he's about to fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, but we'll save our Nick Cave hot takes for another time yeah. when he releases his new album. Yeah, we can trash that. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, I like the massive descending guitar riff in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one. I wasn't in love with it or anything, though. So, are we ready to go to final? Yeah, final let's want to do our ratings. The final thought, our rating, our, our final thoughts and ratings. Yeah. As I said, a mixed bag for me. However, all the songs that um, I did really like a lot, I don't think made it to like nine or 10 status for me for the songs, but nothing really reached to below like a, a three yeah. or two or three. So it was fine. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it a, a six flat, six posters out of 10. Cause we're just, we just choose random things, I guess. Bye. <laughs> I was gonna choose something relevant to the album, but oh, okay. I am. But go ahead, you first. I choose huh? the most useless things possible. That's yeah. As I was saying, it just it just feels so by the numbers, and I know they're capable of more than that. So I was just really disappointed. And you know, my first listen, I was like, 
is this actually good? Is this just okay? Second listen, I was still like, is this actually good? Is this just okay? Third listen, I was like, yeah, this is just okay. <laughs> so I give it um, a re very reductionist five mules out of ten. Okay. I did not think of it as reductionist. Uh, Thanks. Because I don't even know what that means. I'm just uh, saying a rating in and of yeah. itself is reductionist. Yes. So I know. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to give this um, 5.75 Doc Martens out of 10. <laughs> uh, which Doc Martens? Because that's the working man's shoe. And I feel like this is like the world's most socialist pro hammer and sickle album I've ever listened to. It's a very worker. It's a very worker esque album. I, th I said, I liked it. Okay. Uh, what I, you know, maybe I'm more with you guys on the 5.75 thing. It's, you know, I, I, it's all right. I, I would listen to, I, like I said, cause now like thinking back on, cause like I kind of decided on like the six before, but now they're like kind of right. talking about it. I, I actually came down I came down on because I thought I was being too like, oh, I'm old dad. I should be liking all this stuff that everybody likes. And then, I mean, I was honest about one of tricks, which I didn't get. Um, but this, I was like, oh, you should like this because it's, you should because it's post-punk and show your age. Or yeah, you started this age. by saying, oh yeah, I like this album. Now you're just like, it's the worst. No, <laughs> no. I would say 5.7. I, I, I still say I liked it some. It was just, it just didn't get over the hump for me. I may even say six. I don't know. 5.75 Doc Martens. Stamp it in. So does that average us out to? Unless you're changing We'll just go. I think we're kind of around a 5.6 then. Yeah. That seems about right. 5.5. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Sorry, all you proto-martyr uh, stands. They they have a pretty big fan base. Do they really? Um, yeah. They're one of the more popular ones. Sadly, they might be coming to an end, though. Um, they said, like, COVID-19 kind of put them in a bad situation financially, and they might have to end the band. Yeah, this is the only type of group that could, you know, they tour around in their van and get about 1,100 people at a show in some major metropolitan areas. It's not a bad thing. I'm just, you know, no, they sell some merchandise, right? Like, I can see they get more than that. No, they couldn't get more. They couldn't get more than 1,000 people. They're the most popular act worldwide. They're about to. I know. You're saying you think they get more people? I don't think they get more than 1,100 is a lot. Yes. That's a lot of people. I don't think you're not thinking about this in terms of of an actual concert, though. Like if you're thinking like of eleven hundred people packed into a venue, just think about that for a second. They can get more people than Deacon, right? Yes, oh for sure. Deacon is not that important in this. How world. many people were Deacon? We're not going to get off on a tangent, but how many people were Deacon? One hundred and fifty? Twenty? No. One hundred and fifty? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that was a pretty small one. You. Uh, Pennsylvania in, here. At, at the in Bombers house or where the, the, the at the casket store in Pennsylvania that probably reached that was probably only a hundred or something all right yeah. well no one knows about this concert so I'm just trying to but there's also but the one down here there was more to be fair though Will's pub well no but to be fair Deacon like no like I heard nothing about that show until like the day off right like I don't think it was just well publicized that's but true the, but the one at the bar here was good yeah that was that was uh, as in like there was more people yeah, there was more people. But that was an AV Terror concert. You're right. And he's a bit more popular than Deacon anyway. But anyway, we're, we're of off. Of course, Animal Collective. Right. Is what we're talking about. They could probably, Animal Collective could probably get more than Proto Martyr. But that's because they're a yeah. bit of an older band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we have reached, they have hits. Animal Collective. Yeah, I don't think Proto Martyr is the kind of band to break out onto the hip scene. Not, not, mm -hmm. like, not like it's a bad thing. I hope that their fans 
yeah. do get to continue to hear new music. All those factory workers. And yes. I hope they. I hope I like the next one a lot. Oh, I like their Consolation EP. That was a good. That was a good release right. between Relatives and this album. So yeah, check that out. I'll that's check some, it out. That's some good stuff on it. But yeah, I think that's that's about it. Uh, well, hey guys. everyone, happy New Year from my family to yours. Love you boys and love our audience. And happy first lukewarm review. <laughs> yeah, happy first one we didn't love, I guess. Right. Or didn't like that much. Sure. Bye. Yeah.